it's experiential. We know what went through our minds, our hearts on that morning and what took place in the days that followed and how the churches were packed. There was uncertainty. There was unknowing. We didn't know where things would end up or where we were going. We knew we were going somewhere, but at the moment we needed to deal with the tragedy that was there. We needed to deal with the aftermath of thousands, 3,000 people that day lost their lives. And it's not something that's quickly forgotten. It's a major impact on this country. And some of that brought back to mind just what we went through and some of the things that we dealt with. And there's a word that I want to share with you on today that's simply called anxiety. In times of anxiety, in times of anxiety, anybody here ever experience anxiety? then you haven't had a 16-year-old wanting to learn to drive. Oh, God, you know. The only reason that we don't kill our teenagers is because we know there could be grandkids coming on the way, right? It's, it's, you know, I shouldn't have said it that way, but that's the way I remembered it. But I want to talk to you about anxiety because I think that that day, this day, 21 years ago, typifies an anxiety that we think about, but we really don't, I, I, can, I can honestly say, I don't think we really fully grasp the reality, scripturally, of what anxiety is and what anxiety does. First of all, let me say this, Cons you know, I, I want you to consider that the worth of us is so great that he gave his son. The worth of us, that he gave us his son. Your worth is the reason he sent his son. Think about that for a second. And he did so because we were lost. Hello? And, you know, <laughs> any of you ever lose something that belonged to you? You turn things upside down. You search the house. You go all over the place only to find out that your spouse threw it away. God bless them. But we have the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, the, the, the prodigal son. And the reason that something is ever called lost is because it belonged to us. It was precious to us. And it's important to understand that. And when it comes to us in, 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 as a child of God, I, I, want, I want to take you through a couple of scriptures here this morning and, and, and just show you some things, talk to you about some things here. And uh, it's this. Psalm 55 says what? Cast your burden on the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. It's, 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 and, and then Peter takes this in, in chapter 5. He says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him 
for he cares for you. In Psalm 55, David's talking about the same thing. It's care, it's burden, whatever you want to call it. But he says here, and you want to hear something interesting? This is just one of those those trivia things that if you remember it, you're going to... But when David wrote Psalm 55, he was 65. When David wrote, uh, when Peter wrote uh, chapter 5, or when Peter, Peter wrote first epistle of Peter, he was 65. Both men were 65 at the time that they write what they write. And, 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 and it's interesting. So, you know, uh, what I find interesting is that here in Peter, he joins to the, 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 the understanding of care or casting. He joins to it humility. In humility, I cast those cares, listen, not problems, cares. They are, hmm, how should I, they, the word literally care means anxiety. If you take a look at the scripture and you take a look at what anxiety, in, 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 in the Greek there, the, the word care in, in both phases there describes anxiety. Anxiety, the word care is very specific. It, when it describes anxiety, it, it describes it as, as, as stress out of control is what it means. The word care, the word anxiety there means out of control. I can't, I, I can't make it do what I want it to do. Have you ever been in a situation where you want it to do what you can't make it do, and as a result, it just builds up and you get all, mm, and, and, and it also means you're about to be drawn in two different directions and pulled apart into pieces. That's a very real understanding there. Torn apart, going to pieces, describes the word anxiety. But you begin to beat yourself up with words. You begin to nail yourself all over the place with the words. You remember the example, if I can bring you one, is Mary and Martha. Martha and, and you know, there, Jesus comes to the house and what's Mary doing? She just had his feet and all and Martha's trying to get everything ready, and, and Ma Martha comes and, oh, Jesus, tell, tell Mary to, and remember what Jesus said? She seeks the better. Now, the point is, understand this, the way of love is peace in the middle of anxiety. That's not a cop-out, that's not some theological, it's not just something to, to you know, try to make it sound right. This is true. This is the biggest truth I can give you. The way of love is peace in the middle of anxiety. That's the way of love. Peter, when you de deal with humility here, the word humility, the, it, it, it's based, the center of anxiety is pride. I want you to understand that. The center of any anxiety is pride. Really, that just, uh, that, that's a hard one to swallow, Pastor. Well, you know, it's the understanding that, uh, you know, I shall be as God kind of thing. I'll do God's stuff. I'm, I'm going to control this. I'm, I'm responsible here. I'm the one that's, 
that's going to work this stuff through. Humility. You, you know, can I tell you what humility truthfully is? I mean, when we talk about humility and we're talking about, you know, the, the heart of anxiety being pride, when you come to humility, it is knowing who you are in Christ. That's the base. Knowing who you are. When you come to humility, it's knowing who you are. If, if, if you're not, if you're not worthy, why did Christ come? I'm, please let that sink in for a second. If you weren't worthy, why, why did Christ come? Oh, I think I'll go down there and just go ahead and uh, do a bunch of crazy things and then die. Rise again and show them how good I am. It's always been about you. And it's been about you because you are worthy as his creation. And also, humility, I mean, humility says, I don't care what you think of me. All right? Because I don't gain my importance by achievements. Hello? But in that I am a child of God. I know who I am in Christ. I'll say something here. Hope you grab hold of it. But humility doesn't need compliments because whatever you need controls you. And, and, and <coughs> excuse me, and then you get on the other side of this because you, you get to this word of pride. And pride, you know, you're talking about the feeling is uh, I'm alone. I, I am not, okay? I have not. Uh, feelings. You don't, you know, I don't know where I'm going. Uh, I'm, you know, and there's a lot of lies in here, but it's real. It, 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 in other words, if you love my way uh, that I'm, I'm going through, if, if you're, if, oh man, there's so much to this, this aspect. Do you realize that, that masks produce anxiety? You know, anxiety is, is I'm, I'm torn apart. I, I worry. In, and, and it means to choke. It means to strangle. It means a paralysis of the mind. And it's this great big loop because we keep going through it and then coming back around and going through it again and going through it again. It seems like we're always stuck in this loop of anxiety, of worry, of paralysis, of, of, of not knowing where I'm going, who I am, or, or what's real or what's not real. or you know, What I'm saying here is when you come to David's words, when he says, when he talks about what he says here in, in Psalm 55, he says, cast your care, your burden upon the Lord. I'm sorry, wrong one. But Peter says, no, it's not my one. He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Look. If you were to read that entire psalm, you would see that David's dealing with a ton of junk here. He's dealing with a lot of oppression. It's, it's a wind of heaviness. It, it stinks. Uh, it, 
depression. And how many know depression just pulls you down? You know what I'm talking about? And I went to the doctor last week. They call them the annual checkups. You know what I'm talking about? And so the nurse comes in and she asks you all sorts of crazy questions. She asks you to repeat the dates or repeat the months of the year backwards. She tells you a phrase and asks you to repeat it at the end. They ask you, you know, are you depressed? I wasn't when I got here, but I am now. Take a look at Psalm 12 there, if you would. It says, anxiety is the heart of man. Anxiety, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Anxiety always has a future look, all right? Anxiety is always looking in, in, in a future of fatality. I, I mean, we play the future with with, with, with scenes and sounds. You know, I remember in high school when I was, you know, driving my mom and dad's car to school, right? And got hit. And the whole front fender was kind of plowed into. And, uh, you know, it's, I won't get into all the details, but you know, I wasn't thinking about, oh, man, how am I going to fix this? Oh, i got to take care of that. No, you know what I was thinking, Major? My parents are going to kill me. I had scenes and sounds in my head, and I was playing it through. And for some reason, God must have moved upon my mother. Because as I came pulling into the driveway, she was standing out there in the middle of it, just like this. You know what happened from there. But, but all I'm saying, what I'm saying here is, is futility is what anxiety does when it looks into the future with the scenes and sounds that we begin to play in our heads. We think about the, the financial situation. We think about the, the air of government. We think about all these things that happen with what we walk through. We hear a term cancer or we hear a term this or that disease or things, you know. The doctor's telling me things. You know, it, it's so easy to get into a place of anxiety and look at the fatality of it with the scenes and, and, and sounds in our heads. Add to that religious anxiety. Because then we got the guilt and the hopelessness and, oh, man, you know, the, you know and, 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 you, you know, we, we begin to just wring our hands and we try harder and we, we try to do more and, you know, oh, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Yeah which drives me crazy to begin with, listen to me very carefully. Because if you don't remember anything else, at least remember this. Our body-mind was not created for anxiety. Our body-mind, your head, was not created for anxiety. You were never meant, you were never created for anxiety. It's, 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 it's really kind of like putting water into a gas tank instead of gas. And, 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 and we were created to be the dwelling place of God and to know that, not, not for anxiety, 
God didn't put anything into me. He didn't put anything in me to handle anxiety. Hello? Anxiety is a result of the fall of man. That's why anxiety ultimately will become sickness. You know what I'm talking about. When you get full of anxiety, you are sick to your stomach, you're dizzy, you're angry, you're upset. There's a lot of things that go on in the process of anxiety. God didn't put anything in us to handle that. Over against that, you have casting all your care. For he cares for you. He sustains you. I shall not be. Remember the old song from Psalms? Psalm 1. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the waters. Oh, I shall not be moved. Now, if you have somebody sitting beside you that sang that actually word for word, they're old. <laughs> Sense the love in the room. I don't know why, but I'm feeling a little hint of anxiety right at the moment. But it's the truth. I, I mean, he cares for you. He sustains you will not be shaken, will not be moved. Friend, you'll be sustained is what it says there in the psalm. You'll be, Peter, he cares for you. It means he loves you. Yes, he does. But it means not just that. He's actually interested in you to the point that he cares for you. He sees you as you are. And, 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 and how should I put it? it it's, it's, but this, 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 this union, he sees you as you are. And we're not talking about curious. He's not curious about you, but care that it's a care that draws him off his path. And, uh, it literally captures him. Truth is, there's no fear attached to it. He becomes to us what we need him to be. And he does so to focus us to him. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is so important to understand. It's interesting in our troubles, in our problems, all that, all that interests, interests us, interests you. The word that's used in the Greek here for is is for plussing. In other words, what he's talking about here in the, in that portion of scripture is that. He's in, interested. He's, he's fascinated with you. He's fussing over you. He's not going to leave you alone. So like grandma and the, kid, and the grandkids. You know what I'm talking about? 
She wants to know what, 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 you know, what, the, what, what the child's done, what the kid's done. I mean, she already knows what the kid did, right? She wants to hear it from them. She wants to listen. I mean, it's incredible, this thing called messenger. Goes off every night, two or three times. Oh, my goodness. Grandma. And she wants to hear it. You see, what we're talking about is, is, is this is specific. What we're referring to is something specific. It's a specific expression of unconditional love. It speaks to value. It speaks to worth. It speaks to you. We've talked about Luke 15 for a number of weeks. And you can see the love, the care that the Father gave the Son. You remember where Jesus said to be anxious for what? Absolutely. He says, you know, the Father, he, he, he knows the needs of the birds when one has fallen. He knows the petals on the flower and he dresses them in their array. There's a verse of scripture that's probably always been up there on, on one of my top five favorites. And I always take it from the Amplified. It's found in Hebrews. It says, for God, for he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not. That's a huge statement if you understand the grammar there. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. And notice it's with exclamation points. It's not just a simple period. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, explanation point. Assuredly not. And, and, and then you get into Isaiah 64 or 46. It says, even to your old age, thank you, Jesus. I love God's word. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to your gray hair, thank you, Jesus. Even to your gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. Oh, man. He said he cares for you. Not your problem. Ooh. In fact, it's not on the screen. I won't get into it. But back in Isaiah 49, it says what Isaiah was talking. He says, call me by name. He's called me by name. He knows your name. This is about perspective, friend. Because, you know, we get all caught up in the problem, right? And we come to him with all the problem. But what this gets down to is we're almost, we're all, and it's, you know, I understand it's no faulting, not saying you're, oh, you're wrong and stuff. But a lot of times we come to God in anxiety 
rather than in relationship. And when he says he cares for you and not your problems, he's, what he's trying to say when he cares for you, it's about to refocus us on him. We're all focused on the problems. We're all focused on the turmoil and the tragedy and the situation, all the problems that's overwhelming us and the anxiety, so forth and so on. He says he cares for you, not the problem. And in the middle of that, when you refocus on him, remember the old song? Why is this morning a song? It's, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, our big problem is, it's, it's like we had this big problem in front of us, and we're trying to see God behind it and see where he can, no. Refocus, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to refocus us to him. That's why he says he cares for us, not the problem. We get focused on him, and we see him. And oh yeah, there's a problem back there. And the reality is, he's bigger than the problem. He's also closer than the problem. Hmm. Perspective. Do you realize that he anticipates your needs? Without you telling him? He anticipates your needs without telling you. And, 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 and he meets the needs. Oh, man. I think over and over and over again of, of how he's done that in my own life. And I know I've told the story probably a thousand and one times, but can I tell it a thousand and two? Oh, what are we going to do? Say no, you're going to tell it anyways. <laughs> but, you know, back when I was in my first pastorate but down in East Liverpool, again, we ran into financial problems at the church to the degree that, and, 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 and I wish I could put my finger on it, but, you know, it was just one of those times, those seasons where this thing came up then, and, and they couldn't even afford to pay me, their pastor, and as a result, we didn't want to put the church in such a bind that, you know, we would say, oh, no, don't pay us. We let them pay, pay us because we know that in, in the order of things and blessing, you let them pay you and then you sign a check and turn it back over to them is what you do. And so with that, you know, how many know that if you're not receiving uh, finances, you're not going to be able to pay your own bills. And when you got four kids... They don't stop eating. And so we reached a point where it was emptyville in the house, literally. And brought the kids home from school one day. It was a Wednesday. And as they walked into the house, they immediately ran to the kitchen to get something to eat before they sat down in front of the TV for a little bit, watch their afternoon shows. And they ran up to the pantry. There was nothing in there. They ran to the fridge, opened it up, and there was some mustard and ketchup. 
a box of baking soda, but there was nothing else in there. And, you know, kids turn around and look at you in the face and say, Daddy, isn't there anything in the house to eat? We're hungry. And as a parent, what does that do to you? I, I just simply told him, Supper! No, I did, I did. <laughs> I don't know where I'm coming from this morning. But it, but it did, it, you know, it, it, not, it, it made me angry, if you want to know the truth, that I'm in this situation. So I told my wife to excuse me for a minute, went out in the garage. Did you ever point your finger at God? Oh, yeah, baby. I, I even, you know, and just waved it in front of him and said, look here, sir. I have been faithful to you. I have tithed my entire life. Well, I turned that one back on him, didn't I? I have given to you. I have given my life to service for you. I said, I, I have done all that I know to do. But right now, my kids are hungry. And I need you to feed them. Do you hear me? Not a, not a word. Do you ever come to God like that? I mean, and, 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 and I'm saying this because I'll say it again. You know, the reality of this comes all the way back to the point that he anticipates your needs. So I, I, I come back into the house and I grab my coat because I need to get back to the office to get the rest of my stuff finished for Wednesday night. As soon as I walk out the door, little blue pickup truck backs into the driveway. And out gets out uh, this gentleman that is, is basically one of the down-home boys that you don't ever, ever want to mess with. You know, there are some people that have hands, and there are some people that have hands. This guy's big overalls. I mean, he's a mechanic. He's a truck driver. He's a farmer. He, he, he just, he herds cows and horses. I mean, that's just who he was. Matter of fact, he's the one that actually helped me move up here, moved all my books in, in, in a cow trailer. I had the fragrance of the spirit in my office for a long time. But he walks out, and his wife was, was a nurse at, at one of the nursing homes down there. And they both get out, and I go, uh, immediately I felt guilty, right? I'm supposed to be at the office, and I'm here talking to God, yelling at him and all. So he gets out, and I said, uh, Dale, what you doing here? Well, he says, meanwhile, we're just driving down the road. We both felt God speak to our hearts and said, he told us to go tithe to the pastor what we got in the back of the truck. And I went, really? He said, come here. And he opened up the back of the truck, and there was a fully butchered, packaged, processed cow. I mean, it was just packed. And he handed me a couple boxes and says, take it to him. Get some steaks. I said, <laughs> with pride, I can't do that. My kids are, <laughs> you know, I just, I can't, oh, man. That's why God gets us to refocus on him. I'd been so caught up in the problem, I was still seeing the problem and not seeing 
who he was and what he was doing. And so he says, yes, you're going to do it. <laughs> you don't argue with Dale. You know, he, just, mm, he had a pit bull for, for a sidekick. That, 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 that pit bull would, would literally, when he wanted to play with you, he would pick up a railroad tie that was about this big <laughs> and bring it to you to toss. one of the best friends I ever had, too. Dale, not the pit bull. Uh, so I got the boxes, and I started putting, he said, get some steaks. So I got a steak and put it in there, and I get, gave him more and more handling. To get some roast and steaks, so I put a roast and got some more handling. He got mad. He picked me up, pulled me out of the truck, grabbed the boxes, walked in, and he starts throwing the stuff in there. That night, that same night, Lord, my kids are hungry. We ate steak. Amen? We didn't have any vegetables like I cared. <laughs> you know, it's pure smile all the way through. But the bottom line is, he anticipates those needs. He cares for you. In Psalm 55, it, 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 it says that, that what? Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. You know what sustain literally means? It means a measuring cup. <laughs> a measuring cup. Exactly what you need. And, 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 and the grace that you have has been tested in Christ. Please understand that. It's already been tested in him. Grace, however, has a shelf life, does it not? Grace for today is again what? Worthless for tomorrow. That's where the rest comes in. It's I have received his grace today. The grace that I have for today will be no good for me tomorrow. It's like manna. I receive, I receive the manna today. It's good for me today. The Bible says that they never grew sick in the wilderness. I love that because that tells me that the manna that they ate was their vitamins, their minerals, their antibodies, their, their oxidizing baits that, that caused their faces to glow. And I don't know, but it had everything they needed. But guess what? It was no good for them the next day, unless it was over the weekend. Because what would it do? It, it would turn to worms, crawl, you know, and crawl away. Yeah, it makes you want to go out the next morning and get some more, doesn't it? But, but it, it would just, basically, that's what it was. So what I'm saying to you is that the grace today becomes to you what you need his grace to be today. And tomorrow it will be no good, but you receive fresh new grace of it from him that has already been tested in him, and he already has the measuring cup at the exact amount of what you need for that day and will become to you what you need him to be because he sustains us. And, and I, I look at this, and I begin to, because mm, we get caught up in that futility of looking ahead. 
and what's going to happen? And we're still trying to control it. How we're going to put things together? How we're going to handle this? How we're going to make plans for that? How we're going to deal with this? How we're going to work through that? All the, 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 the situation here, all my, 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 my 401k or whatever now is, is depleted. The, 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 the stock market, the taxes, the, the problems here. How am I going to make it? How am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to? You know what? You're going to make it. You're going to come through. Why? Because he cares for you and he shall sustain you. He knows exactly what you need. You take a look down here and you get all flustered, futility. You don't know that. And it's doomsday in your mind. Scenes and sounds and so forth begin to arise. And what happens? You become paralyzed right where we're at. Anxiety. Please remember this, because I don't think I even have it in your notes. But anxiety takes up real estate in your body. It, it does. We, <laughs> anxiety takes up real estate in your body. Look, the Holy Spirit actually goes into all of my body and unties the knots. That's what he does. He cares for us. We rest in the expectancy of God. Hello. We're look at your neighbor. Tell him you're wired. Not grounded, wired. You are wired to have him live in you. Do you realize that? You are wired to have him live in you. What does Galatians 2.20 say? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave, loved me and gave himself for me. That is my number one verse. That, that's mine. You can't have it. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. That, that, that. He, he, because he cares for us, that's why we can cast our care upon him. Can't do that otherwise. You just can't do that. You can't love him otherwise. You can't trust him otherwise. When you don't cast your care on him, it's, it, it's, there's no trust involved. His perfect love casts out all fear. His perfect love casts out all fear. His perfect love casts out all fear. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And where did that happen? It happened at the cross. Because he's taken it. And because he's taken it, I can. I can. <laughs> I can't cast until I've had enough. Have you ever noticed that? Because we get this pride thing going, well, I can handle it. I can handle it. I just need God to fix the problem, but I can handle it. It's not the problem. 
that he's interested in. It's you. You need to cast down, not let it down. Cast it down. Hello? We need to cast down. How many know? Got my grandkids playing ba- baseball, you know, right? Do you ever watch, you know, young kids throw a baseball? When they let go of it, you begin to what? Pray. Because there's no control over the ball. Casting is not telling him what to do. That's why you cast it without a note attached to it. You have no control over it once you've let it go. As long as you have it, you're controlling it. But once you let it go, once you cast it, you no longer have control over it. Again, the perspective, he cares for you, not the problem, because he's refocusing you on him. You begin to see him and the problem behind him. I just, I come to it again. You know, it, it's, the, it's perspective when we realize he cares for you. He honestly cares for you. I, the lies of the enemy drive me nuts. And I, I, I mean that, you know, he gets us in that way of thinking where we end up saying things like, you know, if God really loved you, you wouldn't be in this mess now, would you? God cared for you, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through, right? If, if God was on your side, you wouldn't be losing what you're losing, right? It's a reality, but it's a lie. Because anything the enemy speaks is a lie. And I come back to it again. God cares for you. You might not see it. Why do you think Paul says things like, in everything, give thanks? It's not give thanks for everything. It's in everything. So, so you know, what, whatever the problem is, he cares for you. He's with you. He will not relax his hold on you. Assuredly not. He cares for you. And that's who he is. He will sustain you. He knows exactly what you need. What you need. It's a measuring cup. It's got plenty. And it's good for you today. You take it today and you don't have to take tomorrow. You don't have, you, you, but you take tomorrow because it won't be no good tomorrow. That's why mama always told you, eat everything on your plate. Oh, yeah, starving children in China. I finally got wise that and said, okay, Ma, name me one. <laughs> I still had to eat what was on my plate, you know. But I'm saying to you this, and, and please understand me. But you know what? When, when you, that anxiety comes, and how many know it's going to come? Yeah, the feelings are going to come back. They're going to hit what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you do. 
you're going to start declaring some things that you said tired of declaring a long time ago. You want to know what you're going to declare? You're going to declare this. This is no longer mine. 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 It's his. I cast all my care, my care, my anxiety. I was not meant to carry it. I was not created to carry it in this head of mine, playing it over and over again, wondering how this, I mean, it's natural. It's going to happen because we're in a fall, this head's still in a fallen state. We're renewing, we're being transformed by the renewing of this head, right? It's being updated constantly. God's teaching me. He's showing me. But the enemy still loves to say to me, the enemy still loves to, to try to project and usurp upon me a way of thinking, a way of looking at things, and to get me down and depressed and, and gloom, despair and agony on me, right? I mean, he wants to put you in that position where you are worthless, but you are valuable. Otherwise, why send his son? And his son came because he cares for you. And he took that to himself. So that when we cast, we take that ball and we throw it. No notes attached. I'll be honest, when I play catch with my grandkids, and Papa throws that ball, it doesn't go the same way twice. I think I have control, but I don't have control. But when I cast my cares, he catches them right away. This is no longer mine. Okay. Stand with me. No, no, keep playing. Don't stop it. It's about ready to dance. Sing it with me. I love this. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. Will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a
Say amen to that. And it's not something because you know it. You bury, you bear witness with it. Something that's alive in you. Sometimes we're aware of the truth, but our mind still likes to hold us back. Friend, throw that ball of care with no notes attached. He'll catch it every time. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God's saying something to us. In the middle of your problem, in the middle of your situation, don't let anger blind you. Withhold. like God telling me to call you stubborn and stiff-necked. But he hasn't given up on you, even though you might have given up on him. He's here today because he cares for you. Pulled him off his path. His interest is in you. His interest is in you. That level of rest that you've not been able to realize because anxiety has kept you up, has kept your mind running in circles. I'm here to declare God will make a way where there seems to be no way. So if you're here today, believe still with your heart 
this is a day of release. Maybe you're here today and you don't know that relationship with him. You don't know anything about that peace. You're aware of it. You don't believe there's a God or something, but in this place here this morning, there's not been a surrender, let's call it. A yes. Not just to who he is, but to receive from him what he's done for you. Just as you are. So if you're here this morning, and in your heart, you know that your life is saying yes to him. Your life is saying yes to that relationship with him. Would you just affirm that this morning? I mean, you take everything that's within you and everything that's tearing you apart inside from, from, from you know, taking this in a public stance. Isn't this a private thing? Friend, if you can't do it here among people who love you and are proud of you, you'll never do it out there. But in your heart, if you're saying yes to him this morning, would you just affirm that with an upper hand? Where will you stand? Every head's bowed, people are praying, but to you, God's saying something, you're responding to it. And there's, a, there's an affirmation from your heart that I'm saying. Lord, we just want to give you praise. We want to give you thanks for all the glory belongs to you. I pray in the name of Jesus that in this place here this morning there is such a release. of anxiety to hold that anxiety believe me it's taking up the real estate in you it's time to sell that property it's time to get out of it it's time to cast it off cast your fear your anxiety I'm not talking about the problem believe me in the problem he is with you not trust. And this morning, God calls you to that place of rest. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking not only to us, but in us.
thank you for your confirmation in our lives of who you are and what you do. Lord, we right now also lift up those who aren't here, who are walking through it for whatever reason. It's amazing, Lord, how we see people in the midst of anxiety withdrawal rather than come close. Let this day be a day of breakthrough. A day of breakthrough. As we cast our care upon you. As the worship team sings this song, it's quickly becoming one of my favorites. I speak Jesus. I want to invite you to find a place of prayer around these altars. I mean, there's people here to pray with you, for you. So as we sing it, I want to invite you to come cast your care upon Him. Cast your care upon Him. In the name of Jesus. Let's find that place of prayer. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Thank you. 